Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Jacob. Welcome to Rookie Rundown, the sports podcast for the casual fan. This week we have football, both professional and college. The other football. Oh, well, yes, soccer. At first I thought you meant college football, but yes, we have soccer. And then we've got soccer on ice skates, but with sticks and a puck. It's hockey. (laughs) Thanks for explaining that, Jacob. Yeah, you're welcome. Anyways, we'll start with the NFL. So the main headline and really the only one we're going to talk about is the instant revolving around Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin. So in the Monday night football game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills, uh, he went to make a tackle and was hit in the chest. And he appeared to get up and then he collapsed on the field. And what ended up happening is he went into cardiac arrest and it was this event called commodio cordis, which is basically when somebody hits you in the chest so hard that it disrupts the rhythm of your heart. And so CPR had to be performed on the field. Allegedly, uh, they had to use the AED paddles as well. Um, and he was transported to the local hospital in Cincinnati. Um, so I, I guess that means he died twice, right? Isn't that what that means? I mean, if it you had depends to perform on CPR twice. Depends on how they define CP. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. Okay, well, he was certainly dead at one point and then brought back to life. Um, either way, the game was stopped and has been suspended, uh, but there are rumors that are swirling that the NFL told the teams that they had five minutes to warm up and then they were going to start back again. Um, the NFL, of course, denies this, but... It was mentioned a bunch of times on the broadcast, which you know people saw live in living color. So needless to say, there's some speculation on that. But in fairness to the NFL, there have been other like life-threatening injuries that have happened, and that is just kind of what they've done. So I think in the moment they just followed procedure. It wasn't like a heartless thing. It was just nobody really stopped and thought. No one stopped and thought about what? I'm sorry. Stopped and thought about whether they should start the game or suspend the game. Yeah, I mean, you'd think that they would have clear protocol in place with what to do, but it doesn't seem like they did. Well, I mean, I think this is probably the only time they've had to perform CPR on the field in the last, like, 80 years. You know, it's just not a thing that happens very often. Yeah, but you should should still have emergency protocol of what to do if a player is seriously injured during a game. Well, they do, and that's to let the field clear and then give the players five minutes to warm up. Well, that's a stupid protocol, but... Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, just, like, from an EMS standpoint, it's been interesting for me to see how many people are talking about the trauma of watching someone have CPR performed on them. And it's strange for me because, like, I am a person who performs CPR. Um, so it's just been interesting seeing people's reactions... Um, and it's made me question, like, I mean, the mental health of of care providers has been in the forefront of a lot of headlines this year. Um, and just people seeing what healthcare workers go through every day and have to just move on immediately. Uh, it's just interesting. I hope it's an eye-opener. Yeah, I think a lot of people who aren't used to the kind of daily event of death 
like people are in the medical field, I think is definitely just kind of a shocking. I mean, if if you're performing CPR on a person, you you don't get to just stop and go home. You yeah. know, you have to keep on going. Mm-hmm. You have to. You're expected to push through. Yeah. So it just makes me. It makes me. Obviously, I'm concerned for um, Damar Hamlin and his family, and they're my thoughts and prayers. But I also hope this is an opportunity for people to think about how they treat healthcare workers. Oh, absolutely. One of the positive things that has come out of this is Damar Hamlin has an organization that works in the Pittsburgh area. He's originally from Pittsburgh. And they had a fundraiser for their toy drive, and it was like a $2,500 fundraiser. And, I mean, last I heard, they had raised $4 million. Um, Wow. So there's just a ton of donations going in uh, to his foundation, which is super cool. Yeah, that is really positive. Yeah, so, I, yeah, it's definitely, it's great for them. So, Jacob, what's going on in the world of non-professional football? Well, this past weekend, we had the college football semifinals. So the four teams that made the college football playoff this year uh, was Georgia, Michigan, TCU, which is Texas Christian, and Ohio State. And so TCU played Michigan, and TCU ended up winning 51-45. to And this personally was, like, vindictive for me. Not vindictive. Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It was, it was a relief. I, can't, I just can't think of the word I'm looking for. Um, um, vindicating. Vindicating, yeah. Uh, vindicating, because the Michigan quarterback had – just talked a bunch of smack all week about how, you know, they were going to introduce TCU to Big Ten football and, like, this is what it's like to play smash-mouth football and be physical. And then TCU had two interceptions returned for a touchdown off of that quarterback. So it's just kind of nice to see that. Yeah, we love to see people get taken off their high horse. Exactly. And in the second game was Georgia versus Ohio State, and it was back and forth, like, the whole game. And finally, at the end of the game, Ohio State is driving to win, and the Ohio State kicker misses the game-winning field goal as time expired. I know. So that sets up the college football championship next Monday between TCU and Georgia. Wow. Yeah, it should be really exciting. What about the other bowl games? Well, there have been a ton of other bowl games. There have been some notable upsets. Uh, The University of Pittsburgh beat UCLA on a last-second field goal. Uh, Tulane beat University of Southern California on a last-second touchdown. There's just been all sorts of excitement. What do you think this means for the um, potential NFL prospects? Well, it's been a trend this year and in the last couple of years where the top prospects sit out of their bowl games just because they don't want to risk getting injured. Um, so it's definitely interesting that the bowl games are still fairly high quality despite a number of top players not playing. Hmm. What about the top prospects who did play? Who were, who were those? Well, actually, the projected number one overall pick and the number two overall pick who both play for Alabama, which is the Alabama quarterback, Bryce Young, and one of their edge rushers, Will Anderson, they both played in their bowl game, um, which I guess says something about either their NIL payment deal or the culture at Alabama. But either way... They, uh, they played in their bowl game, which is super cool, and they ended up smoking Kansas State. Well, good for them. Yeah, good for them indeed. What about the original, original football? Well, this week I wanted to talk a little bit about Pele. 
um, who was a international soccer star, football star, depending on where you're from. And the king, O'Ray, passed away on December 29th, 2022. Um, He was 82 years old, and he um, died as a result of his colon cancer. And over 200,000 people attended a 24-hour public wake in Santos, Brazil on Monday and Tuesday. That's super sad. I know that during the World Cup, there had been a lot of talk, especially as it related to Brazil, about Pele's health, and then it came out that he was no longer uh, responding to chemo treatment. Uh, So it was sadly just kind of a matter of time. Just yeah, it's sad. Yeah, and my thoughts go out to his family and friends. His mother, who's a hundred years old, is I s- believe still alive and living in Brazil. Wow. In Santos, Brazil, too, I believe. That's crazy. Yeah, um, but I just want to talk a little bit about his legacy. So he won his first World Cup at only seventeen years old. That was the nineteen fifty eight World Cup, and he is a Guinness World Record holder for two different records. He won most career goals with 1,283 career goals, according to Guinness World Records. And he also won the most World Cup winner's medals. So he won three. So he won three of the four World Cups he played in. That's just crazy. I mean, there are incredible players who go their whole careers without sniffing a World Cup final, and he was able to win three. Yes. It's nuts. Out of four. Yeah, And um, he's probably most well-known for the 1970 World Cup out of all of those. Um, That was one of the first World Cups to be televised. Um, So it just brought a lot of attention to soccer or football, depending on what you call it. Um, And it brought a lot of attention to him. I didn't realize the first World Cup to really be televised was 1970. Uh, That is what the article by PBS said. Huh. I wonder if that's just in the U.S., Surely it was, I don't know, radio, I guess. Well, let's look it up. So it looks like it was televised in 1954, but the 1971 was the first big one that was watched. Interesting. I mean, it makes sense, right? More people had TVs. By then, yeah. Uh huh. Some other notable achievements in Pele's life is he went on to play for the New York Cosmos for a couple of years. Um, This was big because a lot of soccer players go on to play for the European teams after winning the World Cup so that they can make more money. And Pele wanted to stay with Brazil. Um, So he played a lot of games with his old soccer club in Santos, Brazil. And he toured with the Brazilian team and played, um, what did they call those games? Exhibition? Exhibition games, yes. Um, and then he went on to play for the New York Cosmos, like I said. Um, he also won the International Peace Award in 1978. And he served as the Brazilian Minister of Sports. That sounds like a fun position. Yeah, he also, outside of soccer, um, wrote some agro biographies. He participated in some documentaries and semi-documentaries. And he composed music, including music for the movie Pele, which was released in 1977. There are a lot of people who like act in movies about themselves, but to write the music is pretty impressive. It is pretty impressive. And he also won Athlete of the Century by the International Olympic Committee in 1999 and was one of Time's, Time Magazine's most influential people of the 20th century and was named the honorary president of the New York Cosmos in 2010. 
So just a lot of different things. That's that's not an exhaustive list of everything he ever was honored for. Um, but it's definitely just a snapshot of what an influential figure he was in the world of sports. Oh, he absolutely was. I mean, he's one of those rare people who is recognizable by just one name. Yeah, that's true. And like Cher. Or, or Jesus. Yeah, Jacob Ross. Yeah, very funny. And the other thing about Pele is... Um, his style of playing, I read a lot of um, articles by people who interviewed him and watched him play. And what they said is that he played like a man with the joy of a boy. So I really liked that, really liked that imagery. Yeah, and I know when that he was coming up in the 1958 World Cup, um, Brazil had just been smoked in the previous World Cup. And there was a lot of sentiment that they needed to get away from the free-flowing style they had had and play a more rigid style. But he brought back that loose style uh, and that Brazil is so known for, and, and that's one of the reasons they were able to win. Yeah, so just very exciting stuff, and, you know, he will be missed. Absolutely, and I did see, you know, a side note here. At his funeral, uh, FIFA president Gianni Infantino has come under a lot of uh, – media flack for taking a selfie in front of his casket so you know just another reason to dislike the people who run fifa yeah that's terrible in other sports related news on this past monday january 2nd was the winter classic which is a game the nhl puts on in an outdoor stadium and this year, it was between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Boston Bruins, and it was played in Fenway Park, which is the Boston Red Sox baseball stadium. Oh, that's interesting. So did they cover the field in um, ice or like... No, they just put a rink kind of out in the outfield, and then they had, you know, like a small ice skating rink shaped like a baseball diamond where people were like able to ice skate during the game. They had, you know, some logos and stuff out there as well, and then they played the full game out there. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. So going to the game, the Boston Bruins, they showed up in throwback Boston Red Sox jerseys, and the Penguins showed up in Pittsburgh Pirates jerseys, which is, of course, why the Penguins lost 2-1. to one. Um, You know, make no mistake about it. If you wear Pirates jerseys into a baseball stadium, you're going to lose. It's just the odds. The odds are really in your favor there. Woof. So. Well, Allie, do you have a final play for us today? Sure. My final play this week is if you could meet one famous soccer person, who would you meet and why? Man. I would probably say Messi, just because he's had such an insane amount of success and also been through a lot of adversity as far as it comes to, like, you know, he was under so much pressure with Argentina, and then he ended up triumphing. So I just would like to, I don't know, I guess, talk to him about what that meant to him. I would pick Mia Hamm um, because I had a book about her when I was a kid, and I really looked up to her, and I'd really like to meet her in person. I mean, that's certainly a possibility. She is, I mean, a, a, a not a stalwart. Well, yes, a stalwart, but also like, the face of American soccer for so long, you know. Yeah, I mean, exceptional. Really, she was, yeah. So I, I mean, there's definitely a chance that could actually happen someday. Oh, for sure. I mean, she's relatively young. She's probably in her 40s now, right? So, something like that. 
Yeah, so uh, that's me. I'm pro Mia Ham. Me too, me too. Well, new episodes are released Wednesday mornings wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to follow us on the social medias at Rookie Rundown Pod. Yeah, and something to look forward to coming up is March Madness. It's time to start thinking about it. Yeah, it's right around the corner. We're about well, like two and a half months out. So, you know, start saving up money for your March Madness bracket pools. That's right. Jacob wants to win it all. I always do. And don't forget to keep sports simple, stupid.